Welcome to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. Enjoy the message. I have a young man, Logan. All genius coming right now. Come on, Logan. And he's going to light our next candle, the candle of peace. And it was a few weeks ago, I had the joy, honor, and privilege of baptizing him in water back here. Now, normally we tell kids you can't play with fire, but you're allowed today, only here, and only that candle. Hey, Logan, thank you for being here, last service and this service. So would you read for us today and have our hearts focus on the peace of Christ? All over the world, people are searching for peace. They look for it in books, governments, music, and special days. Sometimes we even find it in quiet moments like the one you might be having right now. However, there is only one way to find real peace, real everlasting peace. (laughs) Isaiah spoke on God's behalf for the best part of his life. And in these verses, the prophet tells us that there is perfect peace for those who keep focus on the only one who can give true peace. That's why Jesus was born. The father sent him to the manager to bring peace. Each time we begin to feel tension or frustrated, we need to set our hearts and our minds on Christ. He is called the Prince of Peace. As we truly trust in this one whose birth we are about to celebrate, we can be blessed with the perfect peace Isaiah promised. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Isaiah 26, 3. This season, allow the peace of Christ to fill you. Christ, he is our peace. Amen. Thank you, buddy. Great job. Wow. And a child shall lead them, so he will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are focused and fixed on him. Wow. Hey, last week, we lit the candle of hope. And Melissa Paz did a magnificent job teaching us about hope. Anybody enjoy Melissa last week? Yeah. So I want to focus on peace for a few minutes this morning, and we will continue to worship God. But the peace of Christ is not something you can fabricate. It can't be bought. It can't be, well, the happiest place on earth, which... A few years back, I remember we took our whole family to the happiest place. I call it the most expensive place on earth. I'm sorry if I offended anyone. And there was a mother. She was screaming at the top of her lungs. Her kids had those little balloons with the Mickey inside, right? They were eating, you know, $12 popcorn, drinking $9.50 sodas, and... And she said, stop your crying. This is the happiest place on earth. Do you know how much money we have spent? You will be happy. And this little child turns around. There's strollers and all this stuff. And there was dad with all the bags and paraphernalia and diaper bags. And this one little girl, I think she may have been seven or eight. She turns around and says, I don't like this place. <laughs> wow. What a plan. 
So all that to say, you can't fabricate happiness. Hollywood can try, can't do it. Yeah, but pastor, we have this place we go to. It's our, our Sabbath rest place. And when we go there, we're always happy. We're always at peace. And you and I know that that's not true. But I'm here to tell you today, in the midst of all that's going on in our world, the peace that comes to us is the result of God's presence. Because his presence changes everything. And if that were not true, Jesus Christ would have not left his throne in glory to come here. His presence changes everything. You know, we struggle at probably the nine o'clock crowd, not you, not you. So let me talk to you about the nine o'clock crowd. They struggle with control, an illusion of control. And by the way, you're not in control because you're not God. You wouldn't even make a good pope. Anxiety is usually the result of things that we can't control or outcomes we can't change. But it's God's presence with us that removes fear, not our ability to control the outcomes of life. Jesus said these words, John 14, he's about to leave the planet, you know, he's going to go to the cross, and he tells his disciples this, I believe he tells every Christ follower these words, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give you as the happiest place on earth gives you or the favorite Netflix binge you've been on, or the greatest social media post, or that really good music you listen to. I've got a peace that's beyond this world. Aren't you glad? I've got a peace that doesn't go up and down with the stock market, or the price of gas, or the price of milk, the price of eggs, the price of bread. Doesn't go up and down with mood swings. Aren't you glad? His peace is not contingent on the world. He has a peace that passeth all understanding. The apostle Paul says, don't let your hearts be. Yeah, so we sang today, I don't have to worry. Isn't it a choice? You can choose to worry. You can choose to try to be in control. You can choose to be anxious for nothing, as the apostle Paul said. Don't let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So we will sing. Yeah, we will sing it on Christmas Eve, silent night. All is calm, all is, all is bright. And the very first Christmas night, Christ in the manger wasn't very silent at all. The hustle and bustle, the control of the Roman government, causing even Mary and Joseph have to travel by foot and, cat and donkey back and be born Jesus Christ in a stable. And the angel of the Lord said, Luke 2, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. And I can't read that without thinking of Charlie Brown and Linus. Come on. But today in the town of a savior. Yeah. Not an entertainer. Not somebody who would just be cool. But a savior. Why? Because the world needs saving. All of us do. And he's born to who? To you. He is Christ the Lord. And there'll be a sign you'll find this baby that will be wrapped in clothes lying in a manger. And suddenly the great heavenly host, they couldn't contain themselves. All the worshipers of heaven said, man, we got to let it rip. And what did they say? Would you read it with me, please? 
Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace to... On whom? Hmm. Of all the things that could be spoken by the heavenly host, they spoke this. And I'd like you to receive it today in your spirit, in your mind, in your worries, in your anxiety, in your depression, in your defeat. And just say, God, you spoke these words to me. Peace. Peace. Right here. Peace. You know, people want to define peace as the absence of war. We sang it today that he conquered. He conquered death. He, he conquered the grave. He, well, he won the war. Isn't that great? He won the war. So quit fighting God. He's going to win in the end. By the way, he's bigger than you. And remember the law of the hole. Here's the law of the hole. If you're in a hole, stop digging. And put your hands up and surrender to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. It was 700 years before the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem that the Holy Spirit moved on Isaiah. Isaiah 9, 6. You heard it this morning as Logan read it. For to us is born a child, the son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And let's read the rest, please. And he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Let's say it again. Prince of? Peace. Yeah. So when we look at the Hebrew text, you're all going to be Hebrew scholars in just a moment. Prince of Peace is two words. Sar, shalom. Sar is the word later that would be translated and twisted into czar, from which later would be twisted into Caesar. Caesar wanted to be the prince and the king and the lord. He wanted everything under his control. So the one who's in charge, the Lord, the chief, or the general, brings us shalom. Let's all say shalom. shalom. Oh, shalom. Yeah, shalom haverim. Good to see you. Peace, rest, tranquility, wholeness. And I love this other definition, completeness. So when your world feels like it's falling apart, the Prince of Peace, Jesus, comes into your world, into your moment, into your now. And it has this ability to take all the broken fragments of your life and put your life back together. So there are three cries I want to talk about to you this morning, thinking of the Prince of Peace. The first cry that changed the world was heard in the manger. A baby was born. Now, I don't want to argue with the great Martin Luther, father of the Reformation, or his co-writer, Charles Gabriel, who wrote a song that simply says, away in a manger, no crib for a bed. The little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes. I do not sing that whenever that song is sung because I think it's a fallacy because every healthy baby cries. The little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes. The song is lying. <laughs> and the first cry that changed the world was the cry in the manger. Later on, this infant would startle a king. In his boyhood, he astonished the scholars. In his manhood, he ruled the course of nature. And John 18, 37 records that Pilate therefore said to him, Are you the king then? And Jesus answered, You say rightly that I am the king. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I've come into the world. And Jesus knew his purpose. He lived on mission. 
He came to redeem the world, to seek and save those that are lost. The second cry that changed the world is the cry from the cross, where Jesus cries out, it is finished. Wow. You can't add to salvation. You can't subtract from salvation. And so when Jesus in John 19, 30 had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. And Mark 15 records, Jesus cried out with a loud voice and then breathed his last breath. Remember one of his cries was, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. And we think about that. He's saying, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. He's thinking about the soldiers there, obviously, and those gambling for his garments. But could I tell you, he's speaking down the quarters of time to people like you and me. Father, forgive Bernie. Sometimes he doesn't know what he's doing. I resemble that remark. He doesn't know what he's doing. Have you ever had a moment where you don't know what you're doing? You said something you wish you wouldn't have said. You posted something you you texted something you wish you could take back. Ever moved out of emotion and anger or fear? Mm. And Jesus speaks down the quarters of time. I love him so much. Father, forgive them. His forgiveness is available to you today for anything and everything you've ever done. Nothing he has gone too far that God cannot redeem. Let me say it again. It's pretty good. I'd take notes on it myself. Nothing's gone too far that God cannot redeem. And the next cry that changes you is heard from your heart. Jesus, be my peace. The cry in the manger, he comes to be born among us. The cry on the cross, he comes to save us. The cry of the heart. You see, the manger birth doesn't mean much to us. The cross doesn't mean much to us if we don't cry from our heart, Jesus Christ, be my Lord, be my Savior. And I know many of you have given your life to Christ before. That's great. But what about this season to even cry a little louder and say, Lord, I don't have to worry, as we sang this morning, that you are greater than everything, and cry for his peace. In the midst of a world that's, well, pretty shaky. In the midst of virus and variant. In the midst of gas prices, stock market. In the midst of uncertainty, I know one thing that is certain. That God loves you more than you'll ever understand this side of heaven. And I know something that's certain. Jesus Christ comes to you. The Holy Spirit comes to you. Even as we pray and continue to worship The Holy Spirit comes to you. See, you might be a counselor, but you're not the wonderful, marvelous counselor, too marvelous for words. You might have strength, lots of strength, but you are not the mighty God. You might be a great parent, God bless you, but you're not the caliber of the everlasting Father. And you're not Sar Shalom, the Prince of Peace, but he is. And just in these next few moments, We invite Jesus into our lives, into our hearts. I ask you to bow your heads just to have a moment, not because it's a churchy thing to do, but just have a moment of reverence before God and to think about his offer to you, the gift of salvation, the gift of peace. And by the way, if you don't feel like you have enough faith to believe in him, 
The Bible calls it the gift of faith. He'll even give you the gift of faith to believe. That's how free it all is. And so, Lord, we come to you with our hearts open. We come to you, God, believing in the cry of the manger, the cry of the cross, but also our own cry where we say, God, bring us peace today. And if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you've never given your life to him, this is your moment. I declare it. For anyone can cry out to the Lord to be saved, and you'll be saved. So just tell him, Lord, I give you my life. I give you my heart. I believe you died on a cross. I believe you rose again from the dead. Forgive me of my sins, and I shall be saved. And can we all just say this simple prayer? Lord Jesus, repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I give you my life. Lord Jesus, I give you my life. Lord Jesus, I give you my life. And I receive your peace. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Please visit us at mylfc.com for more information about our church. Thank you so much for listening.